This podcast may contain content that is graphic and disturbing in nature. Listener discretion is advised. It was back in 2016 when an online game called the Blue Whale Challenge was becoming popular amongst young people on various social media sites. They would take part in daily challenges and upload photos after they completed each challenge. But the game soon started to turn sinister. In the second story, it's just another school day, with students entering their classroom and greeting their classmates and teacher. But for the teacher, it would be a day unlike any other. This is Apple for the Teacher, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Anna Thomas. Today's episode is called Blue Whale and... SOS. The teenagers played an online game called Blue Whale. What happened? The student handed her teacher a note. What did it say? It was November 2017 at a school in Moscow, Russia, where a tragic scene was discovered in a classroom. A teacher and a student were found dead laying in a large pool of blood. The apparent weapons used were a knife and buzzsaw, which were found near the bodies. The teacher's throat had been cut with the knife, and the student's throat had been cut with the buzzsaw. Another name for a buzzsaw is a circular saw. The school was immediately evacuated as police attempted to locate the culprit. The police treated the incident as a double homicide, however, The real story was soon to emerge. During the investigation, it was soon discovered that photos of the dead teacher began circulating on the internet. He was seen face down in a pool of blood. The police had not released the forensic photos, so it was unclear how they made their way onto the internet. But this soon became clear. The 18 year old student, who was also deceased, was seen in the photos taking selfies and posing with the dead teacher. So the full picture of what had occurred was revealed. The student had murdered the teacher with the knife and then killed himself with the circular saw. The police accessed the boy's online account and deleted the photos. However, the damage had already been done. They were copied and are now easily accessible online. The photos are just horrific, but what is more horrific is how the boy has a huge smirk on his face with a toothpick hanging out of his mouth. There was also a photo of the dead boy, which obviously he didn't take. So the forensic photos taken by the police must have also been released. Detectives also found other weapons in the student's bag, so they believed he had planned further attacks. The teacher was 44-year-old Sergei Danilov, who was married with two children. After interviewing teachers and students at the school, the police gained the following information about the boy. Students said that the boy was disengaged in class and would often play video games on his mobile phone. He also did not get along with the teacher who had threatened to expel him. One student said, The teacher was always coming down on him in front of everyone, and the guy couldn't say anything. He was scared. 
However, other students painted the teacher in a different light. They said, he was a good man who never failed you and was always there for you. He gave you a chance to make up work, correct your mistakes and never cursed. Well, unless the class wouldn't settle down. In any situation, he always remained human and he was always ready to help. He didn't try to sabotage anyone. The talk about him harassing students is all lies. It's just ridiculous. He was a decent man. There wasn't anything off about him, and he wasn't at all angry or cruel. So, how did the students describe the boy? He was said to be quiet, kind, decent, and a calm person. He never got into fights or raised his voice, and always got along well with his teachers. He came from a good family and was always well-dressed and well-groomed. One student said he loved science fiction, but it wasn't the violence that attracted him. He didn't really like violence. He often played computer games, but he wasn't the fanatic that everyone is now making him out to be. I was alarmed by what this next student said. Boys at our school could sometimes catch him. He started getting careful and he often carried a knife on him, but he never used it, and he never threatened anybody. So, they knew he carried a knife. How was he even allowed to do this? The boy was said to have a favourite computer game called Silent Hill, and his idol in the game was a character named Walter Sullivan. He used the character's avatar in his game profile. Another teenager who interacted with the boy on internet forums said, a couple of months ago, he complained about his health and safety teacher, even saying that he would kill him sooner or later. But it's a common thing on our forum. Our guys often throw out threats to kill somebody, so we don't pay any attention. Another girl said, we made friends online. He seemed to be a completely ordinary guy with a good sense of humour. Now, while I was researching this story, I kept reading about something called the Blue Whale Challenge, which some said caused the boy to murder and then take his own life. I had never heard of this, so I went looking for more information. The Blue Whale Challenge was reported to have begun in 2016 and was a game supposedly played on social networks across various countries. The game consisted of players working through a series of challenges over a 50-day period. Administrators would assign players to complete daily tasks, which started quite innocuously, such as watch a horror movie. But then they got progressively more sinister, such as stand on the ledge of a tower block, then moving on to instructing players to self-harm, such as cut a whale into your arm. Players were supposed to send photos of each completed task in order to receive the next task. The final challenge required the person to then take their own life. Therefore, this challenge was thought to be what motivated the boy to do what he did. The challenge appears to have started in Russia, although this has not been confirmed, and then began spreading to other countries. It became referred to as the suicide game and hundreds of deaths were reported to have resulted from teenagers taking part in the challenge. It's not exactly known why it was called the Blue Whale Challenge. Some believe the name comes from a song by a Russian rock band 
which appears to be dark in its lyrics and features reference to a huge blue whale that can't break through a net. Others believe it is a reference to whales stranding themselves on beaches. The story about the blue whale challenge is reported to have started when a Russian girl posted a selfie on a social network site and then killed herself. Her death became widely discussed on various Russian internet forums. These forums were where young people discussed all manner of things, but it was this girl's suicide which sparked more discussion of dark subject matter, and then more and more stories began circulating of more teenagers taking their lives. The forums seemed to also have people posting images of whales, with speculation being that whales are solitary animals and they therefore capture the melancholy spirit in these groups. The stories of young people taking their lives after completing the Blue Whale Challenge then began to skyrocket when a Russian journalist published a story in a newspaper linking more than 100 suicides to the challenge. It was then reported by more media outlets that these so-called death groups had incited teenagers to kill themselves. This resulted in moral panic sweeping across Russia. A governor in Russia went on television to compare the Blue Whale Challenge to the Islamic State. The hysteria continued across various other social networks around the world, where suicides were blamed on the game. However, as the authorities began investigating the deaths, there didn't appear to be any concrete evidence that the teenagers had been involved in the so-called Blue Whale Challenge, and in fact it seemed that this game was more fiction than fact. More and more it came to be viewed as a sensationalised hoax. An American sceptic described the panic surrounding this game as similar to the Dungeons and Dragons controversies of the 1980s, saying, this is only the latest in a long series of similar moral panics and outrages shared on social media. The best antidote is a healthy dose of scepticism. Then came an interesting turn of events when a 21-year-old Russian university student claimed to have invented the game, with his intention being to push people into suicide whom he deemed as having no value to society. After making these claims, he then said he just made it up and that he was just having fun, but nonetheless, he was arrested. When asked if he was inciting people to commit suicide, his response was, Yes, I truly was doing that. Don't worry, you'll understand everything. Everyone will understand. They were dying happy. I was giving them what they didn't have in real life, warmth, understanding, connections. There were 17 of them. There were also those with whom I was simply communicating, who committed suicide later, but without my direct influence. There are people, and there is biological waste. Those who do not represent any value for society, who cause or will cause only harm to society. I was cleaning our society of such people. It started in 2013, when I created F57 online community. I've been thinking through this idea for five years. It was necessary to distinguish normal people from biological rubbish. 
The boy was convicted of two counts of inciting suicides of minors and sentenced to three years in prison. But there were friends of the boy who didn't believe the reports that he was an evil mastermind who was responsible for young people taking their lives. They reported that he was aspiring to have a musical career and was trying to gain followers in these suicide groups in order to advertise his music. The Russian social network at the centre of the suicide stories often had people trying to promote and sell various products. Trying to find information on this blue whale challenge was very difficult, as I could not find any definitive evidence that it even existed. There were no suicides that were positively confirmed to have resulted from young people doing the challenges. It is well known that Russia has a high suicide rate, so it seems to me that these suicide stories involving blue whales got circulated in these online groups, leading many to believe that there were people deliberately preying on vulnerable teenagers. The conviction of the boy seemed to perpetuate the story of these predators, but it's unclear what this boy was actually convicted of, as there doesn't actually appear to be a blue whale challenge. I read a number of media reports in various countries that parents were convinced that their children took their lives after participating in the blue whale challenge. It seems that this story kept appearing in different media outlets and the story kept perpetuating itself. In each of these cases, the local authorities in various countries could find no evidence that this had been the case. In my opinion, it was totally mass hysteria, but I can understand that these grieving parents were looking for something to explain the death of their children. It seems, though, that there was so much focus on this so-called blue whale challenge that people lost sight of the bigger picture of at-risk children. In my opinion, the boy who murdered the teacher had nothing to do with the blue whale challenge. At the time in Russia, the blue whale challenge hysteria had already taken hold, so the fact that he took his life seemed to make people put the two together. And this is exactly what seems to have occurred with the other suicide cases. The children were dead and therefore they could not confirm that it was the challenge that drove them to suicide. And I also found this case interesting in that when a student commits an act like this, all the media reports mentioned that they played computer games. The majority of people who play these games do not commit such heinous acts. I also noticed with this story that the exact same media reports appeared across different sites. So it shows how inaccurate information gets perpetuated. It's only since I've been doing the podcast and researching a story across many sources that I've noticed how much content is copied and shared. And as you have seen, this whole episode was about the boy and the blue whale challenge. I couldn't find anything else about the teacher. And I have noticed this so many times. The victim gets completely lost. If this is a result of the family's wishes, then it's totally understandable. But it's sad that sensationalism is preferred over the people who lost their lives. And this story is also another example of people who appear quite normal, but then they go on to do unimaginable things. 
I just can't believe the comment that the student made about the boy, how he often carried a knife on him. She said, oh, he never used it and he never threatened anybody. Yes, but the first time that he used it, an innocent teacher lost their life. You would be aware that I have covered other stories about students threatening violence against teachers. People knew about it and the teacher went on to be murdered. How can someone in a school with a knife be ignored? Too many people think it's just a joke and don't take it seriously. So from what this student said, let's just let everyone carry around knives or guns. They probably won't use them, but you know, it's okay if they carry them around. How ridiculous. And I know I've spoken about this before, that seemingly normal people go on to commit heinous acts, but no one saw it coming. Sometimes a person's mental state is noticeable, but it's so dangerous when it's not, such as with this boy in this story. And I feel so sorry for the family that the teacher's image will be forever online. And when I was looking for photos about the Blue Whale Challenge, besides finding these simply awful photos of the teacher and the boy, I also found photos of people who had carved images of a whale into their arms. To me, these photos don't look real. So although it doesn't seem like this challenge caused the suicides of these people, there's no doubt that something was circulating online about blue whales. And it seems like a lot of people got onto the bandwagon. So if you want to have a look yourself, just type in blue whale challenge and you'll be able to see some of these photos of these blue whales cut into people's arms and see what you think about it. All right, let's have now a short break before the next Good Apple story. Now, let's go on to the Good Apple story. It's called SOS. The student handed her teacher a note. What did it say? Now, as a teacher myself, each morning when I open my classroom door for students to enter, quite often the students will hand me a note or a letter from their parent. And this is something common for all teachers. Although today, we probably communicate with parents by email more often. Sometimes parents might want to tell me about an absence, or their child isn't feeling well, or they've hurt themselves, or there could be many other reasons for parents to write notes to teachers. So in this particular story, there was a situation where an 11-year-old student went into her classroom in the morning and handed her teacher a note. But the note was something that the teacher would not have expected at all. She read the note and then took it to the school administration. As a result of the contents of the note, the police were dispatched to a residence. The actual contents of the note wasn't made public, but the note was said to have been written by a woman who was being held captive and she was pleading for help. She was the student's mother. The note had an address written on it, and when the police arrived, there was no answer at the house, and they then left to obtain a search warrant. After entering the house, they found three women, and one was the woman who was allegedly being held captive. After searching the house, the police found a man hiding in a closet. The other two women were the man's mother and grandmother, so the story had been true. Here is what the sheriff had to say. I can say that the information we have is that she wasn't forcibly brought to that house. She was adamant that she was being held 
and couldn't leave. She was not physically restrained, but she was scared to leave based on a series of events that had happened prior to that. There's always a chill that goes through you when you understand that the child was going through a very bad environment and the mother may be captive, and it may be worse than we actually found. The man had other outstanding warrants for aggravated battery and domestic abuse relating to a separate incident, but the papers weren't served as he had eluded police. Now, in this particular situation, I really do not know how I would have responded if a student handed me a note like this. I would want to think that it was a joke, but it's so bizarre and random, you know, you would think that you would really have to take it seriously. Now, while I was researching this story, I was so surprised to come across other similar stories. And here is another one, although it's not school related. The story involved a woman who was experiencing domestic violence by her husband. Over a 15-hour period, the man beat her and sexually assaulted her while holding a gun over her. He had locked their three-year-old son in the bedroom without food or water. Then, a UPS driver arrived at the house to pick up a package. The woman came to the door while her husband was behind her with a gun although the driver didn't see it. She had somehow managed to write on the package, contact 911. The driver did contact the police, and when they arrived, the woman answered the door, but her husband quickly closed the door on them. The man was known to police, and they then called in the SWAT team. However, he surrendered before they arrived. So can you imagine how brave she must have been to write that message on that package, because if he had seen it, goodness knows what he would have done. Now, these such stories, I've found another few, so listen to this next one. This next story involves pizza. A woman placed a pizza order online with Pizza Hut. The order was for a pepperoni pizza, but the person processing the order also noticed something else strange. She saw the words. Please help. Get 911. 911 hostage. Help. The store manager said, We've never seen anything like this before. I've been here for 28 years and never, never seen anything like that come through. The store called the police who went to the house and they were greeted by a woman and a young child. The woman said her boyfriend had refused to let her leave the house and had threatened her with a knife. When it was time to pick up her children from school, he went with her, but he had taken her phone from her so that she couldn't ask for help. They returned home with the children, and she asked him if she could order a pizza, which he agreed to. And this was how she managed to raise the alarm. When the police arrived, she ran out to them with the young child but the other two children were still in the house. The man barricaded himself in the house, but was eventually persuaded to surrender after 20 minutes. One of the police officers said, She comes running towards us, but two kids are still in the house with a person who's on narcotics, and you don't know their mindset, and also he had a knife, and we need to get them out. I don't know if I ever would have thought of it, 
I mean, it's just something that she did so naturally. The boyfriend never knew about it until he saw us coming around the corner. What an amazing story. How did she even think to do this? It's just unbelievable. And here now is another story involving pizza again. A woman calls 911 to order a pizza. Listen here to the actual audio of the call. Sorry again, 911. I would like to order a pizza at 2846 Pickle Road. You called 911 to order a pizza? Uh, yeah, apartment 171. This is the wrong number to call for a pizza. No, 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 you're not. I'm getting you now. Okay. I got it. What apartment? 171. The other guy still there? Yeah. I need a large pizza. All right. How about medical? You need medical? No. With pepperoni. All right. We'll get him going. Do you want to stay on the phone? Can you stay on the phone or? No. All right. We'll get him going. Thank you. Yep. Turn your sirens off before you get there. Caller ordered a pizza and agreed with everything I said that there's domestic violence going on. How chilling is that? How was she able to stay so calm? And what about the operator? How quickly he was able to determine what was happening? I've never been a victim of domestic violence, so I can't place myself in these women's position, but I can only applaud them for how they had the presence of mind to do what they did to get themselves out of a very dangerous situation. But I guess when you're really desperate, your survival instincts just take over. So I really have so much admiration for them that they were able to think of these very clever ways to get themselves out of situations, although doing what they did also put themselves in a dangerous situation if the men had realised that they had been trying to call for help. But luckily that didn't happen and the situations ended well in the end. So well done ladies and it's good to hear that there are some domestic violence situations that end well. And now here is a preview of the next episode. It's called To Sir With Love. George spent his life tracing the story of his great-grandfather. What did he find out? And to end this episode, I will leave you with this quote from Malcolm X. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Bye for now, and remember to be a good apple.